0: If he comes in the second watch, or in the third, and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. Luke chapter 12, verse 38 and 39. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, please give us ears to hear your word this morning. Please bless my preaching to be useful to that end. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So in order to receive the meaning of this um, parabolic teaching that Jesus offers, we have to use our imaginations to sort of get into, to uh, reconstruct a little bit um, an aspect of first-century life that's foreign to us now in the world of home security systems and a well-established police force. Um, In the ancient world, if you wanted to not lose your stuff, you had to have someone keep watch over it when you were gone. You had to post one of your servants on guard duty to make sure that no one broke in, so that if someone broke in, and there was an analogy to this I learned in Uganda, if there was ever a thief, you just started making lots of noise, they would actually make like the, like this sound, And that was the signal, neighbors come out. And so everybody could like see and kind of overwhelm the thief with force of presence. So you have to guard with with a person. Um, And the job of the watchman, of course, is simple. It's it's simply the preservation of goods. And one of the things that I think unlocks this uh, gospel story is I think our mind, your minds, my mind at least, might reach to sort of some near parallels to the story that actually would wrongly complicate the picture. Because you know how it says, the Lord will come like a thief in the night? I don't think that's the thief that's being pictured here. Um, and it, the other thing that really unlocks um, the teaching is, among the servants in the ancient world, you had different roles, just as I suppose, up until um, you know, the 19th century or something. Uh, you know, you had a servant who was, who was the cook, and a servant who kept the stables, and you'd have a servant whose job it would be to watch over the goods. The King James translated this actually goodsman. And so think about, like, um, the, kind of the head servant, if you saw Dalton Abbey, like a carson. The, this is the Greek word here, is, is the carson of the household. The oikodespotos. Um, so kind of the head servant sitting at the door, the master is gone, that's the picture, the master's gone, the head, and the doors back then didn't have any glass windows or peepholes. It was just a sealed door. Master, um, the master of the house, the head servant sitting there, watching the stuff to make sure that no one breaks in. And the job is fulfilled if you stay awake the whole night, right? Um, the whole thing of blessed are those servants who the master finds awake isn't, well, hopefully your timing gets lucky that you just happen to be awake when he comes back. It's that you never went to sleep, right? That you stayed awake. And so that you can know for certainty, you are the testifier. No, no, no. We didn't lose any stuff. No one broke in. I've been awake. I've been sitting here. Your goods are safe. That's the picture. Can you kind of picture it a bit to your mind? Right. So interpreting the image then, um, some of the correspondent, corresponding elements are pretty intuitive. We're the servants, right? And including the servant with this title, master of the house, the keeper of the house, of the goods. That's us, the master, the um, is clearly Jesus. And so his going away in the picture is a picture of his being gone right now from sense. Right, He's up in heaven. We don't see him anymore. And I love that there's this picture of a door because just as a guard at a door, the threshold of the door is the threshold of sense. The master could be right there. He could, be, he could come back this afternoon for all we know, but we don't see because we are on this side of the door that is closed. His coming, of course, um, most directly corresponds to his second coming at the end of this age, when the final age will come and all will be made right, when we'll see him with our senses face to face. But there's a secondary derived meaning also true, that his coming also corresponds to the moment of our death. When we die, we close our eyes, we take a final breath with this body, And the very next moment, our soul is brought before the living God and we will see him. So his coming also corresponds here to a picture of our death. In that picture then, it says he might come in the second watch or even the third. Three three watches in the night in the Jewish reckoning. You know, 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. would be second watch. 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. would be the third watch. Meaning we might die in middle age or we might die in old age. Second watch or the third the thief, right? Um, if the if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, the thief is Satan. John ten ten, the thief comes to steal. to steal, and Jesus is talking about Satan. So those correspondences are pretty intuitive, right? I hope. So, but I think the real matter then in this teaching in Luke twelve is, um, what are we guarding, and how, and what is that bit about? Um, if you'd have known what time the thief was coming. Well, here again, we we need Scripture to unlock Scripture. Proverbs 4 says, Above all else, guard... Can you finish the Scripture? Your heart. Guard your heart. Which is a picture... um, Salvation is pictured by the prophet Ezekiel as having a heart of stone replaced and being given a heart of flesh. A heart that's made new and alive and soft, by the sacred heart of Jesus, a heart that's been cleansed from the hardness of sin and been given as a free gift, the purity of Christ Jesus, which he donates to us when he sheds his heart blood on the cross for us. We're to guard our heart. We're also to guard the faith that God has given us. The key here is 2 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 1. Guard the good deposit in the context of Timothy, it's very clear, that's the Christian faith. right doctrine about who God is and what He's done, and trust in Him, believing in that doctrine. These are the things we're supposed to guard, our hearts that He's given us, and the gift of faith that He's given us. These things belong to the Master, right? He gave us as a free gift, this new heart. He's given us the gift of faith, and we guard them. The thief, Satan, wants to steal them. How would he do this? The thief would love to see our soft hearts made hard again through unrepentance. If we the Lord knows, you know, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The Lord knows that we stumble into sin because of our weakness. He has mercy to forgive us. The linchpin is repentance. But if we linger in unrepentance, sin has a hardening effect the very soft heart the Lord has given us will over time harden if we don't repent. This is why the prayer book that we pray every day puts front and center this reminder, confess your sins today. There's a confession of sin in every liturgy in the prayer book so we don't get lost in unrepentance. And the thief would also love to steal our faith and this we see he does in a sneaky way um, with cares and pleasures and riches. That's the threefold list given in Luke 8, just four chapters before. Those are the things the enemy tries to do to try and steal faith. Like, oh, look over here cares, riches, pleasures. So that by, by being distracted by those things, he can slowly whittle away at our faith. And Jesus says, we don't know when the thief will make his attempts. That's why we need to be constantly vigilant. The only way to prevent the hardening of the heart through unrepentance, the, the, with, the decrease of faith, the whittling away of faith through distraction with cares and pleasures and riches, um, is if we stay awake, if we stay keeping our eyes fixed on our Master in Heaven, who we know is about to come back and knock on the door, who we know just in a few short years this life will be over and we'll see Him again. We must remain vigilant as a keeper of the goods would against sin and we must remain vigilant to keep practicing the works of faith, to keep exercising. And the picture there I think is useful in a culture where exercise is kind of a normal thing. Exercising the faith that he's given us through works of faith every day until our dying breath. It, It doesn't serve the master if the watchman stays awake, well, through the second watch, but then just drifts off. Right? We're, we're called to a lifetime of vigilance, however long or short our life may be. And if with God's help, and that's always the caveat as a Christian, right? Can we, keep, can we be a faithful watchman without his help? Of course not. Look at the apostles. They couldn't even stay awake for one hour of, guard, of watchfulness when Jesus asked them on their own strength. The horse is a vain hope for deliverance. A figure for natural strength and energy will not get us there. Asking for God's help is the only way. But if we've been faithful with His help to guard what He's given to us, the new heart that He's made, the faith that He's given us, Jesus promises us incredible reward. Did you catch in the picture? It's almost like such a strange inversion that it might have passed by your ears when you just heard it in the Gospel. God says, if we are faithful in this, when He comes back, He will dress himself for service. The Greek word is diakoneo there. He will dress himself as a deacon to come and serve you. God Almighty will come and serve you. It's a picture of heaven where he gives us unending gifts and bliss and bounty. That's a a gift to us that he gives as a servant. It's a baffling and inverted picture. If we remain faithful to our post of guarding what he's given us until our dying breath. Blessed are those servants. Jesus began this section of Luke saying, it will be God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. I love that, that he's not some reluctant father like, okay, here's your eternal reward. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He will serve us with gifts and delight, an eternity of bliss prepared for those who love him back. He's already loved us. All we have to do is love him back. Amen.